0: Let's uh, get down to some light well not some well let's talk a little bit more transport in one way in San Francisco there's an official who, who if he has his way wants to ban the autonomous wheeled delivery robots because he thinks that they may conflict with young people or older people uh, these are little eskies on wheels in essence a bit bigger uh, that have the usual Uh, ability to uh, uh, see things and autonomous uh, travel in that regard, and they can deliver your groceries, your pizza and a range of things. Brian, do they represent more evil than they do good?
1: I think they do, David, because they're they're talking here about um, them potentially taking vehicles off the road. Now, deliveries are a big problem in cities. I, I was just reading the London mayor's, Uh, Transport Strategy for London, Uh, and they have estimated that something like 60% of the deliveries to businesses in that city are for private purposes, personal deliveries of staff, not for business purposes. So deliveries are a huge uh, demand, and and it's been driven by online shopping. Um, now, what they're saying here is that, um, you know, we'll use these little robots on footpaths to take vehicles off the road. Now, I don't mind if if the city's roads are congested. I mind if the footpaths are. So I, I don't think that we should be encouraging uh, the use of vehicles on the footpath to make deliveries. Um, it's perhaps different if a person is carrying the delivery. I don't mind this. But if a vehicle is occupying... A space on a footpath, then we're starting to get some dangerous blurring about what are the priorities of those paths. And with a, a boom in deliveries, uh, we could certainly see the, the more efficient methods to be using these footpath space instead of uh, road space. Now, in New York, a lot of uh, deliveries and, and couriers are increasingly using the underground, the transit system, to make deliveries because it's more reliable than travelling
0: on the surface. Yes, indeed. Uh, The book deliveries and things, aren't aren't they uh, doing that? Now, the issue though is that an autonomous vehicle like this may well be able to program into it politeness. They're seeing this in trucks as they go down a highway, which they're going to put into platoons, which people think is horrible. How am I going to get past them or get over? Well, the truck will have cameras all around it, which is probably better vision than any driver could have, unless they had cameras and a screen, and you can uh, program into it. The other issue is they say that they're worried about them causing damage to kids. I'd worry about the kids causing damage to the vehicle. That's right
1: picking them up and running off with them or pushing them over. Certainly in a in a city where, um, you know, a country where you have a thing called Quokka soccer, you would certainly worry that uh, people are going to pick these things up and throw them in bins or kick them over and just turn them on their backs to <laughs> have a bit of a laugh at them.
0: Well, it's a turtle, isn't it?
1: Yes, it looks a little like a turtle.
0: Once it's on its back, it can't go anywhere.
1: Yes, well, maybe one positive of this is these little wheel things might – um, might mean that footpaths are completed and that um, that pram ramps are provided on every intersection
0: well the other issue then is maybe giving them capacity if it's such a big issue give them a lane but
1: again i, I think the cities are for people we should be you know encouraging people space uh, more space for people pedestrians and cyclists rather than more space for vehicles and
0: robots. Well, the issue about the deliveries, as found, you pointed out in London, a lot of them are personal. That's because you need to get the delivery done when you've got someone there to take it. And so you get it delivered at work. If you had systems where they could drive into a little dock at home and take the, uh, you know, dump the stuff out, I, I use the word dump, I mean to let it get taken out somehow automatically, you might remove an awful lot of those trips into the CBD. Well, true.
1: But the other way to do it would be um, to have click and collect sort of locations at train stations or some other places where, you know, they're available at those hours. I I completely understand you get home from work, there's a card in your letterbox that says, we missed you, sorry, we missed you. Um, you Pick it up from your local post office and there's no way you're going to be able to get home at the time the post office is open unless you know you make a huge effort to do so you take it half a day off or something so click and collect is is useful here you know and there you can you can have the the um the deliveries made to a central point and people can walk there pick up the delivery and walk home or if they're heavy they can be delivered a different way but um for things like the food delivery it's harder if people are ordering pizzas to an office or something sure that's harder but i think we could certainly make better use of things like click and collect
0: you know that some young kids found that they were delivering pizzas by drone and that they were drones that they could easily hack so they sat outside <laughs> pizza shops and i don't think they should shoot down the drone i think they just re-control it but maybe even shoot it down you never know it's a, they, I do worry that we talk about automating everything, including people riding on little derivatives of Segways, uh, which was supposed to change the world, but you know, when it was a big lumpy thing, but now they're getting much smaller and lighter, but I don't want them. I don't want them in a pedestrian area because someone will ride faster than I can walk and demand a right of way. Yes. Mm. And now Brian can you see into the future
1: <laughs> david this story has everything it's uh it's set in uh ontario and uh two gentlemen are sitting in a cafe and uh, a car comes smashing through the window of the cafe and pins the two men uh onto the floor and uh, luckily they weren't injured the uh, they were able to walk away unscathed what makes this story fantastic is is that both of the gentlemen who were pinned by the car were psychics, and <laughs> uh, and they, they did not see this coming. Interestingly, uh, one of the gentlemen, um, his name is uh, Dijon. He's a magician and a psychic by trade. His name is Eddie Dijon, so he's not necessarily um, – uh, you know, a, a person with one name like that, but uh, he sits at that cafe which is called Silk's Country Kitchen. He goes there regularly. He orders the same meal and sits at the same table every time he eats there. So I suspect that the waiters, the waiters at the the cafe, possibly have more psychic ability in terms of being able to tell what he's doing than he has in terms of the the silver lextar that. Surprised, surprisingly, ran him down.
0: The great, amazing Randy was the bloke who was a magician, but who debunked all this psychic nonsense. But he was very clever in the way he debunked it because every illusion they would have, he would duplicate it and say, look, I'm I'm just a magician, you know, bending spoons or what have you. He just had the same chemicals on his fingers that he rubbed on it, and it had an impact on the metal of the spoon, and so it would bend in a, in a little while's time. He just duplicated it, and he had a standard check for a million dollars to anyone who could prove psychic power, and no one ever got it. But well, look- he, he would do – Clever things like someone would put a book opened up with the pages, stand close to it, and with psychic power turn the pages. Well, of course, what they were doing was very cleverly, and they developed the art of breathing heavily, heavily enough. So what Randy did was put ping pong balls between him and the book, (laughs) and of course the ping pong balls would move if if he tried that trick. So very clever. But here's the thing, Brian is the real test perhaps of a psychic is do they get cheaper insurance oh that's a good
1: point yes
0: right or do they need insurance at all mm. because you know they would know when the house is going to be burgled or they would know how, where to avoid a car accident which they didn't particularly in this case
1: yes eddie dijon and his friend blair Robertson, i think should hang their heads in shame they won't be getting uh, randy's million
0: bucks well, they can, of course, also speed anywhere because they should know where the police are. But the cops are. They'll... Yes, I think that's pretty well proved what we deem to be inevitable. Now, we go over to Pakistan. A man is facing charges after a video went viral showing him driving around Karachi with a lion in the bed of his pickup truck. Now, the lion did have actually was a, a lead around him, but it went to a man who was sitting with the lion in the back of the truck and I've got to say that, uh, you know, I've seen some dogs in some precarious situations, but never have I seen it where the animal might represent a much greater danger to the people around them.
1: It's sort of like a reverse airbag, isn't it, David? (laughs) (laughs) If you're in a crash rather than a sort of a a soft airbag coming out, you're more likely to be confronted with a lot of uh, teeth and claws.
0: (laughs) The lion has some certain softness to him, but once you hit it in an accident, <laughs> he'd start that. to get angry. I, I think the guy did this purely to get YouTube hits. He, he's had sixty-six thousand so far. He's a stunt.
1: Do you think he's he's the um he's like a, a animal trader or something? Is he is that right? Yeah, uh,
0: uh, Saklane Jawade as uh, he's a pet dealer. So I think he would probably put any uh, fine down as an advertising expense.
1: Yeah. They, they got him for the lion in the in the back of the ute, but they didn't get him for the tiger in his tank.
0: Uh. <laughs> boom, boom. An oldie but a goodie. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, I bet he never gets road rage against him.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's not a, a cat. This is a cat sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <It is. Yeah. laughs> not good for pedestrians, perhaps. Sort of passes by.
0: People were walking past, if you look at the video, and, you know, he seemed to, you know, people seemed to not cower away from it too much, but then again, not get too close either. Uh, Brian, have you ever written your name in concrete? I have. I have, David. uh, Just only, you know,
1: when under permission, my father would uh, make a little concrete path and we'd be able to put our names on it or or our little hands in the, in the cement as long as we didn't do too much damage. Well, uh, a driver in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, has found out just how much damage you can do. Um, the road authorities were um, repairing the road and they'd, uh, they'd poured some fresh cement uh, and then they'd uh, used witches' hats, road cones along the road to, um, to delineate traffic from this area. And uh, a young driver, um, 19-year-old Shadrach Yassir, um, thought the concrete was dry and thought he'd take a bit of a, a shortcut across in between a couple of road cones, only to find that the cement wasn't um, wasn't dry. He he ploughed into set. it, wasn't set. So he, he ploughed into the, the, the concrete road and was bogged. Now, the bad news for him is that the city engineers – have said that the driver is responsible for the repairs. And uh, the contractor has estimated that it would be a US $10,000 or more to remove the car, to scrape the ruined concrete out of the the road section, uh, fix it, and then re-pour it. So uh, uh, a little shortcut has potentially cost this young fellow quite a lot of money.
0: Did they have a sign saying wet surface? No, see, uh, every time a toilet gets cleaned or what have you, you've got to put a sign oh, yes, out. Yes, yes. Not just to say cleaner, but wet surface. you
1: think a good lawyer could get this guy off and possibly well, maybe, yep. jail everybody else for impeding his, <laughs> his free speech. <laughs> Everything seems to be speech in America, so possibly driving across the cement, marking his territory, may well have been a, an indication of free speech.
0: Anyway, you're in America, right? You're in the car. It's bogged up to its halfway up its wheels in concrete. The simple thing you do is say, "I didn't do it." <laughs> that's
1: right. That's if you're white, David. I think that works if you're white. <laughs> if you're black, you possibly better run for it, likely to be shot dead.
0: If a black guy, you know, um, God bless him, is walking past on the thing, they'd blame him, right? Yeah, right.
1: Possibly get shot just for being in the vicinity.
0: The other thing is whether the guy might have thought I can write my name on the concrete but you know cars are invincible wouldn't it be funny to put my tire prints on it oh, yeah. drives across it and you know so he could drive through it the only problem is the word through. through it doesn't doesn't quite work i think he i think he might have been trying to sign his name as it were with the tread pattern of his tires <laughs>
1: Sort of like a sort of butter scouts on a on
0: the,
1: uh, yes on the sand. On, on
0: the bottom of your shoe. Yes.
1: Yeah, unless he was trying to do a donut, it's and it didn't realise that the road had a consistency of a jam
0: donut of the jam inside. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there's a local concrete uh, that our neighbours poured for their driveway, and you go over it, and you can see our son's name in it. But my own. My only argument is the handwriting is much too neat. I think someone's – <laughs> Someone think it has been a con. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's spelt correctly. <laughs> All right, Brian, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank
1: you, David.